This is Jackson Peterson, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Humboldt, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. We'll also hear a report from Whitney Pittman as well. Well, most organiz farm organizations hoping uh, to see an updated farm bill sooner rather than later. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has that story. North Dakota Corn Growers Association Executive Director Brenda Elmer says members are looking forward to getting a farm bill signed early in 2024. We all know that the uh, farm bill that had uh, expired, the five-year farm bill, was um, just extended uh, for a year in that continuing resolution that Congress passed before break. Um, all of the uh, the uh, congressional ag leaders uh, and, and most around Washington all seem to have an appetite for getting that done much sooner than a year from now. Because um, as you know, next year being an election year, you never know how that can impact policy. So we would also like to see it sooner than later. So I think there's, there's uh, the will, definitely. So we're hopeful that, that there will be a way. Funding will play a role in what changes are made to the next farm bill. The last farm bill was not too bad of a farm bill, but there are some opportunities uh, to make some improvements there. Um, some of that will depend on, you, you know, uh, av available funding. Um, when you want to do things like that, you know, it usually uh, will cost some money. So um, there'll be some jockeying, I'm sure, among leaders and uh, leadership, uh, but we'll be there at the table and uh, uh, hoping to have an imprint on that. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Rabobank Global Strategist for Grains and Oilseeds, Stephen Nicholson, says weather, margins, and policy are going to be playing into next year's market outlook as well. We're getting kind of the last, the last things out of the field. I think, you know, we're always starting to look at 24. Think about, you know, certainly weather is certainly on top of our mind. Um, margins are certainly going to be challenged, particularly when we look at the corn side. Um, and wheat's going to be a little better, but and soybeans are really kind of the star. Um, soybeans look good because the price is going to be good because of all the crushing facilities coming online in the next couple of years are going to help support wheat prices. So those are the things, and I think, you know, I hate to say it, but all the geopolitical challenges, um, all the things that are happening, you know, around climate change issues, um, all those are top of mind. And Brazil is looking at supply chain issues, and Nicholson says it also may be important to keep an eye on India. We're looking at logistics in Brazil because you've had a lot of investment on the farm and a lot of investment on the ports, but there's nothing in between. And what does that mean? Um, and it, you know, is, as we've talked about, you know, is the Brazilian miracle come to an end because they can't get it out? Um, one thing that we're going to look at next year is look at India. Um, we don't have anyone on the ground anymore, but we do have an analyst sits in Singapore. And think about what does India mean to the world agricultural? Um, you know, it's a, it's a big country. It's the most people in the world, a growing income, um, changing every single day. What are their needs and what's that mean for agriculture? National Pork Producers Council economist Holly Cook says high input costs have caused a lot of stress for pork producers over the past year. It's been a really difficult year in the pork industry starting kind of last fall. Um, you know, we've got prices that compared to history would be relatively good, but with really high cost of production for more than a year now, those really haven't been enough to, to offset those costs. We've seen the 
steepest losses in the industry in more than 20 years um, and something that's really creating some serious financial stress out in the industry. And so as we look ahead using USDA's forecasts and things like that, we're probably going to continue to see some tough times until into 2024. Cooks as well. Soybean crush capacity and meal production increases. Strong demand for that feed source does remain. Feed will continue to be the main cost to pork producers. Feed accounts for about 60% of our cost of production for each hog that's marketed. And so, you know, we, we rely on those inputs, but there's strong demand across the board for corn and soybean meal. And so the last couple of years seeing kind of tighter supplies as well as strong demand for those things, that's really uh, contributed to higher prices. And so that's been felt by producers, but it's, it's not just been feed, it's been things that are impacted by just the inflation that we're struggling with here in the country. So, I mean, things like labor, other supplies, machinery, and now, you know, higher interest costs as well have all been contributors. Senate Agriculture Committee will consider the nomination of Summer uh, Mersinger for another term as Commissioner for the Commodity Futures Trading Commission uh, Thursday, November 30th. Mersinger was first sworn into office in early 2022, previously uh, served as Chief of Staff for the CFTC Commissioner Don Stump. This is the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Minnesota-based farm management coach Brett Elke spent a week in Argentina learning more about their agricultural practices. The country's new president wants to take uh, make the U.S. dollar the official currency. That will be a challenge. The problem is, is they don't have access to enough dollars. Okay. You see what I'm saying? There's not enough volume of that currency there. And, uh, I mean, it's... That that's the that's the challenge is is all of a sudden you know if you convert that currency uh, and you say okay screw it we're going to just go with dollars um, they're going to have an issue and the issue is we don't have access to enough dollars to get that done. Elke says China also has a significant presence in Argentina. China would like to pay for their soybeans that they buy and the beef that they buy in. Uh, the Chinese currency, and uh, nobody wants to do that because they don't want that. They don't want that as a currency because it has no value anywhere else other than China. So, you know, regardless of what we hear around, you know, oh, you know, the Chinese currency is going to take over the world. No, no, nobody wants that. Everybody wants dollars because we're still the most stable uh, financial place in the world or one of the most stable financial places in the world. Minnesota Agriculture Commissioner Tom Peterson has had some time to reflect on the state's recent trade mission to Australia. Peterson said Australia is approximately the same size as the United States. They really compete with us on things, whether it's uh, wheat or cattle especially, but there's also opportunities there that we found in meeting with their food companies that serve uh, Australia, New Zealand, and the islands there um, uh, in those both of those uh, situations, whether it's wheat or beef. A lot of their beef is grain-fed uh, or, uh, or, or grass-fed, and so uh, they're looking for maybe a higher-quality beef uh, in some cases. Australia also is a high-tech food-secure uh, country. They're really uh, in their smart ag sector, uh, and some of those companies are looking to do business in Minnesota and share that technology. I think that's one thing that I'm excited about, the next generation coming back to the farm, you know, is going to control and have a lot of their, uh, their farming right on their iPhone or their tablet. Uh, and so I think those are exciting things to see and share information with.
American Sugar Alliance economist Dr. Rob Johansson says America's sugar producers had a pretty good year overall. It is a little short down south, but we, you know, down in Louisiana and Texas had both water problems this year. Drought in uh, Louisiana, a little bit of difficulty getting irrigation water in Texas. However, on the north end, um, the bee country is having a great year this year. It could be a record year production, well over 5 million tons of sugar being produced from beets. Um, certainly, as you know, in the valley, it's going to be a really good year um, for the three companies that are there and all the growers. And Johansson says demand for sugar, though, is down a little. We're seeing demand drop off just a tad. Uh, last year, we had a lot of uh, del you know, higher deliveries, was gr growing a little bit faster than, I think, trend. This year we're returning to trend, so overall demand um, pretty flat compared to last year, not, not rising. Uh, production um, overall, we're going to have a good year. It won't be a record year overall, but like I said, be production phenomenal this year, looking like um, obviously knock on wood, we got to make sure that those piles stay, get frozen and stay frozen. Animal Agriculture Alliance Manager of Communications Emily Ellis says although animal rights activist groups are small, they are skilled at using pressure campaigns to push their agendas. They have no problem putting pressure on legislators, whether it be like a restaurant brand or whatnot, putting the pressure on them to get them to adopt certain policies where the target really feels like they have no other choice but to, to do what these organizations are saying. Ultimately, the goal with these pieces of legislation is not that they're truly trying to better the lives of these animals. They're trying to drive up the costs for farmers and ranchers to make it more difficult for them to stay in business. And they're also trying to drive up the cost of these food products in the grocery store so that you and I have to make more difficult decisions when it comes to what we can purchase and afford to feed our families. Reporting Agriculture's Business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Well, grain markets uh, are closed right now for the overnight session. We have a hard start at 8.30 this morning and an early close today at 12.05 in Chicago, 12.15 in Minneapolis. That wraps up the holiday schedule uh, for Thanksgiving. Total farm marketing market analyst Amanda Brill expects South American weather to be the major focus for when the traders come back here this morning. Any, you know, the rally we saw on soybeans a week ago to the sell-off that we see, it's very directly tied to those forecasts when they come out, what they say. I think that will continue to be the story. I know um, I'm seeing a lot of reports of soybeans that need to be replanted, soybean acres that are being um, abandoned in, in favor of planting cotton. So that will be interesting to see. And then it also is going to spill over into corn. You know, those delays in soybean planting are going to cause delays in corn planting. Brill expecting the markets to focus, uh, to shift away from soybeans to corn. I think that will transfer over to corn in the next couple of months and hopefully translate into a rally. I think, um, the, you know, the party might last in soybeans another couple of months and then uh, spill over into corn. Well, after a successful annual convention, National Association of Farm Broadcasting Executive Director Tom Brand has resigned. Brand, who has been in the role for more than a dozen years, will serve until the end of this year. Brand has been involved in the NAFB for more than 30 years, including time as a farm broadcaster. The NAFB Executive Committee will lead a search now to for the next Executive Director. 
Let's check the farm calendar here this morning. Since uh, no markets uh, uh, this morning were closed, again, for that 8.30 start, a hard start. The Minnesota Bisons Association's uh, 27th Annual Legends of the Fall show and sale. 10 a.m. Central Livestock in Albany, Minnesota. All that comes up on Saturday, tomorrow. Also, South Dakota Cattlemen's Association, 75 years strong. Uh, their 75th annual convention, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, the 28th, 29th. That'll be held in Watertown, South Dakota. Also on the uh, farm calendar, the uh, 2023 North Dakota Agricultural Association's Agribusiness Expo, 28th and 29th. So that is next uh, Wednesday, Thursday, I believe, Tuesday, Wednesday, tw 28th, 29th, Wednesday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, that'll be at the Avalon Event Center in Fargo. Again, that's a uh, location change. Again, that'll be at the Avalon Event Center in Fargo next Tuesday, Wednesday for the NDAA Agribusiness Expo. Also, NDSU Extension offering a webinar on backgrounding calf management. That'll be on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Again, that uh, expo, you can contact uh, your uh, uh, county extension or NDSU extension for more information or the, and the website address on that. South Dakota Farmers Union State Convention, uh, the 29th through December 1st next week. That'll be held in uh, Huron at the event center. Well, thanks for joining us this morning. Have a great Friday. This is the Red River Farm Network.